As we begin our journey through the Bible, it may be tempting to read the account of creation in Genesis 1 as something that simply happened. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, blah, blah, blah. We already know, right? Now, let's get to the juicy stuff. How about David chopping off a giant's head? And isn't there something about a talking donkey? I know, let's go to the Gospels and see some of Jesus' miracles. Those are awesome. Well, of course, all of these moments in Scripture have their place and serve their purpose in revealing God to us. But so does the act of God's creation. We mustn't skip over Genesis 1 just because we think we know and agree with what's there. Let me share an obvious but needed truth with you. If we don't have Genesis 1, then we can have nothing else. Genesis 1 isn't simply an account of God's creating of things. It's the beginning of time and space and reality as we know it. Even the things that are happening around you right now, that person in the other room, that car driving by your house, the bed you're lying on, or the seat you're sitting in, all of these things are objectively true and real to you because of Genesis 1. And just to make sure we're on the same page, when I say creation, I mean God's creating of the heavens and the earth and all that exists within them, which includes his creating of plants and animals, his creating of humans, and his creating of the heavenly beings. In a way, creation can be defined as the things that now are, but were at one time not. This is a helpful way to think about creation because it causes us to ask important questions like how did it happen and why did it happen or what's the purpose of it all? And these are precisely the questions that need to be asked because in asking them, we learn about God and his intentions, desires, and plans. To better understand God's act of creation, I want us to think about it by asking the above questions one at a time. First, how did it happen? How does the Bible say that God created everything? There are two scriptures in particular that help us answer this question and point us to the right biblical explanation. Genesis 1-1, which says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And Psalm 33-6 and 9, which say, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. For he spoke, and it, creation, came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Let's think for a moment and draw some logical conclusions. 1. In order to be created, something must first be understood as not yet created. 2. Something that is considered to be created must have come into existence by way of its creator. And 3. It's reasonable to assume that the creator has gathered and assembled the necessary pieces to bring about the creation. But point 3, though reasonable in human terms, isn't actually true of God. Instead of gathering and assembling, the Bible tells us that God made everything by the breath of his mouth, which is a way to say by speaking all of creation into existence. This is what is known as God's creation ex nihilo, or out of nothing. That is, God created everything out of nothing. Hebrews 11.3 points out how we are to grasp this concept. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Only a God who existed outside of time and space could bring about a creation in time and space. And while this concept likely stretches your mind, as it does mine, beyond its limits, it means that everything, even the smallest atom in the farthest reaches of the universe, was created with a God-ordained purpose. Secondly, why did it happen or what's the purpose of it all? Why create the earth, animals, plants, men and women, especially when we know that mankind would sin, bringing death, destruction, disease, war, and all the rest? What was or is the purpose of creating at all? I think you'd be interested and maybe even shocked to know that God's purpose has never changed. 
not even after Adam and Eve sinned. Psalm 19.1 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, and Revelation 4.11 adds, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. God's purpose in creating all things is the display of his glory, not out of a need that he had for more glory, for God has no needs outside of the Godhead. There is nothing lacking in him or for him. This means that creation is a means for God to delight in us as we delight in Him and put on display His sovereignly glorious creatorship. Simply standing at the top of the Grand Canyon or staring into space validates this truth. To see the glory of creation is to see the glory of God. Our joy and satisfaction in the creation is undeniably owed to the Creator, whether we believe it or not. In creating, God has invited us to marvel at His glory and find enjoyment in it. Creation in all its forms is a display of the goodness and greatness of God and stands as a reminder of where we are to place our praise and our worship. And so, creation spurs us to not simply see God's glory, but to pursue God's glory.